Hare Krishna. So has anybody heard of the Beatles song? Uh, listen. Come a little closer. I have a secret to tell you. So you can please come a little closer and we'll talk about Krishna for a little while. Much nicer to the speaker than Majanatrimanandasya, Janajana Salakaya, Chakshur and Militanyena, Tasmai Shri Guruvenamaha, Vanchakalpatu Vyascha, Kripa Sindhavivacha, Patitanam Avanebhyo Vaishnavija Namonamaha. So thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to come here. How many people here remember a 19. 50s movie, Walt Disney movie called Fantasia. Anybody see that? There was a point in that movie where the little wizard Mickey got hold of the wand. Remember that? And they got away with him, got away from him. He wanted to imitate his master and Unfortunately for him, he didn't know quite how to do it. The reason I bring this up is we have a desire to play spiritually. We want to enter that spiritual playground. And sometimes we think foolishly that we can just immediately go into the to that playground and play with the Supreme. But there's some distinction. Although we are of the same spiritual substance, we're all eternal, we all have knowledge, and we, all, we also have enjoyment. So this quality, Satchitananda, is there in the Supreme, and we also have that quality. We are eternal, although we don't experience our existence now as eternal. It is. We're, th we're looking at l a life and the life of those around us, and we're seeing that there's life, but there's also death, death of everything. In fact, we don't find anything in our experience where there's not some death. Although we have the same qualities of the Supreme, and we want to play in that spiritual playground, there's something lacking. We don't have control of the wand, do we? We really don't. We wish we did, but we can't just wave a wand and, and make our life perfect. We can't just wave a wand and make uh, a sick family member well. We can't just wave a wand and, 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 and stave off death that's standing at the door of our parents. But we wish we had that wand, and we all want that wand. And that want, that want is what prompts us to seek out something which we know is our inher inheritance. We all have that spiritual ability to wave the wand of spiritual destiny at our disposal. 
But if we try to grab hold of the wand without a perfect teacher, without the master wizard uh, giving us the instruction, it can wreak havoc. We're probably not going to get to the destination we seek. We're probably not going to experience without proper guidance of a master of the subject all the powers that are there inherent in us. That eternity, that knowledge, unlimited knowledge, that blissful existence which is ever increasing in enjoyment. Without that perfect direction from someone who can perfectly wave the wand, the brooms are going to be chasing us. Some of us older devotees are hearing right now of, of this kind of a calamity, and it's, it's devastating to our community when we don't carefully stay under proper guidance and we think we can wave the wand. And it makes us cry. We're coming together in this, this sangha, this group of, of, of like-minded spiritualists to pursue mastery of our true spiritual self. But we have to be careful all along the way to take good guidance. And there is good guidance available. And it's coming to us purely. And that's what my presentation today is about. We're going to take one particle of good guidance about spiritual life, and we're going to expand it a little bit, and we're going to look at it seriously. And we're going to see how we can apply that knowledge from a master who knows how to use the wand of spiritual knowledge, how we can use that to, to, to properly pursue spiritual perfection. So we've been discussing here for over a year one of the great teachers in our line of we're known as the Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Uh, we're, we're following a manifestation of the Supreme Lord who was here 500 years ago, who came in the guise of a devotee. He didn't come in his original enjoying form. He manifested himself as one of us to teach us how to perfectly wave our wand and purify our existence. Coming in the wake of his advent, of his appearance, he came with, with his eternal associates and he showed exactly how to perform spiritual purification in this body. By his own example, he played the part of a human and he brought all of his eternal associates and he made them like humans. And by their example, 
And by the teachings that they left for us in their wake, they taught exactly how to perform that purification process. One of those individuals coming in that wake was Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. And we've been studying a little book. In fact, it's one half of this book are his verses. Doesn't seem like a lot. Wow, that's all I have to that's all I have to assimilate in order to properly know how to execute my spiritual life. Yeah. That's it. That's all you gotta get that's all you have to get down. Now we've been discussing the book, as I said, for over a year. We've been practicing this for decades. Do I have a clue about the true import of this book? I have an inkling. A little teeny bit I can see. That's what I would discuss. A little bit of that little bit that I know. We'll discuss that today. There is such a grand bit of knowledge that Vishwanath has given us. And he's given us, his whole presentation is based on two verses. In a big book called Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu by Srila Rupa Goswami. One of those fellows that the Supreme Lord brought with him from his abode. We'll discuss a little bit of one of those verses. Adao Shraddha Tata Sadhu Sangotha Bhajana Kriya Tato Nartha Nivritisha Tato Nista Ruchistata. And what we're going to discuss today is getting to a platform in our spiritual practice where we are making, we've made a firm commitment that it's a good thing to wave the wand of spiritual life in our life. We've made that commitment. In making that commitment, all of a sudden, consciously, things are stirred up in our minds. And we're going to discuss some of those stages of mental... It's like the psychology of spiritual life. It's like what you go through. I'm sure that those that deal in the mental health industry could, could, could explain that aspect of it better than I can, but we'll touch upon that. that. In this verse from the big book of Rupa Goswami, we take this one verse that I just chanted, Adao Shraddha Tata Sadhu, and we'll talk about this, Tato Nistas Ruchis Tata. We're going to take one word of this verse, Nistas, and we're going to discuss this one word. And what this means is, how do I, in my spiritual practice, on a day-to-day -day basis, arrive at a plane of consistent consciousness whereby I can start to directly experience Sat Chit Ananda, my true spiritual nature. I'm meant to know that I'm eternal. I'm meant to know my true position in this world and in the spiritual world. And I'm meant to be joyful. 
joyful? No, let's put that aside. I'm meant to really, really enjoy ecstatic experience ever increasingly on the transcendental platform. That's enjoyment. Those that are a little experienced with the philosophy will really appreciate the way that this all ties together. This little bit of steadiness, nista, how it comes together perfectly and it weaves. This, just this little instruction of becoming steady in devotional life is woven through the instructions of not only the Supreme Lord himself who advented as Sri Shaitanya, as a devotee, as one of us. Well, he was God. He did go into a, a room of, of great stalwart spiritual thinkers, and he was very humble. These were all renunciates of the world. Their conception, if I can, if I can renounce everything here and take a staff of renunciation and not enjoy anything on this plane, then I can enjoy the spiritual plane. That's their conception. There's some truth to it. Because there's, there's a little bit of a problem when we enjoy on this plane. It's like getting bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe. You get stuck. You get stuck in the reaction of the enjoyment. We don't want the reaction, but we want the enjoyment. And we're due the enjoyment. We're supposed to enjoy. But when we try to, to enjoy here, we have we enjoyment on this material plane is independent of our spiritual self. We're in a foreign environment. We're like a fish out of water. We're still trying to enjoy, but unfortunately... As I said, it, it's, it's like bubblegum on the bottom of a shoe. For every action, there's a reaction. For every enjoyment I have, this, this plane wants to give me a suffering on the other end. This introduction to Nista was given by Sri Shaitanya himself in a verse. And he didn't write many verses. In fact, he's only attributed with giving us eight verses that actually came from his pen. Nam namakadi bahudani jasarva shaktis, tricharpita niyamita smarnein kala, itadrisim tava bhagavan mamapi, dordaivam idrisam iha jani nanuraga. In this verse, hmm? this taste, na lala, no taste. <laughs> no taste. Why? Dordaivam. I'm unfortunate. We want spiritual life, but he's saying, I'm a, it's unfortunate for me that I know what spiritual life is. I know what needs to be done to do spiritual life and to experience it, but I'm un so unfortunate that I can't become steady enough to enjoy it. Flickering. Coming and going. So he brings this up in the verse, and this verse from him is coming from 
All of the verses that he gave us are about the stages of spiritual advancement. The psychology of spiritual life is built into these verses called the Sexhaustical. So as I said, we want to discuss a little bit about steadiness. Our steadiness, in order to taste spiritual pleasure, has to come from our practice. In the beginning, our spiritual practice, unfortunately, is not steady. And that, there's a Sanskrit phrase for this unsteady. So steadiness, the Sanskrit term is nista, steady. Put an A in front of it, anista or anistita, unsteady. It comes the opposite. Anistita, bhajana kriya, bhajan, today. You had a bhajan, all together, singing. I'm speaking, you're hearing. This is bhajan. Kriya means it's an activity. It's something we're doing with our senses. We're doing with the senses of our material body. Or in certain instances, for those who have made the plunge, who have said spiritual life is the all in all for me, and have surrendered to the bona fide spiritual master, their material body is a little different than other material bodies, although they appear the same. They have, a, they have been given special facility for performing on the path of spiritual enlightenment. This class won't deal with that. But their, their, their practitioner's body, sadhika body, is truly... It, it's a material body that under good direction is learning how to use the wand because they have a teacher who's perfectly showing them how to use their body in spiritual practice. Make sense? They have, a good, they have good guidance. So, they're so they have a little bit more qualification. So we all should go. We should strive for that little bit of extra qualification. We need a good teacher. We need to know how to do this properly so that we don't drown in a sea like Mickey practically did, bobbing around, not knowing, is this the right thing to do in my spiritual life? Is this the wrong thing? Am I doing it right? We need good guidance. We need to somebody to come along and pick us up in their ship. And that analogy is used, actually, isn't it? And when there's a good ship to, that we, so that we can properly navigate the ocean of spiritual life, when there is a good ship, you need a good captain, or he may be capsized, right? So that's what the spiritual master is in this analogy. He's the captain of the ship, and we can ride on this ship with good direction. And simply by being a shipmate, we're going to reach the final destination. There is one book, one spiritual text, upon and around which all of our practice rotates. It's the hub. It's called Srimad Bhagavatam. So this Nista... And Anista, 
is discussed in Srimad Bhagavatam. In the very beginning of the book, by Sutta Goswami, setting the scene, he's sitting like we're sitting, he's sitting, well, it was nice nice grove, like we also have, nice, nice environment here. He's sitting in a grove surrounded by saintly-minded people who are truly inquisitive about acquiring their spiritual identity. And in that environment, he's speaking to them a story, which is Srimad Bhagavatam. And in the very second chapter of this work of 18,000 verses, he speaks the following verses. And we're going to go over these and look at the way this unsteady practice is dealt with in these verses by him and how that carried through to the instructions of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. So the verse from the Bhagavatam, which talks about anista, What's anista? The unsteady. The verse begins, Trinvata Swakatha Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Pradyanta Styohyad Bhadrani Vidudnoti Suhritsatam Krishna, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who purifies by the process of hearing and chanting, who is the benefactor of the devotee who hear about him, enters the hearts of the devotees and destroys their sins. By this hearing and chanting, there's purification. So the verse is talking about the fact that in the beginning, he comes in. Well, if he comes in to purify, that must be what? Like we talked last night, there, last time we were here. There must be some dirt there. There must be some anista, some unsteadiness, some impediment to pure spiritual practice. Abhadrani, this word, is the key. Krishna is cleaning. Well, he's not going to come and clean if there's nothing to clean up. Why would he waste his time? There's a little commentary we'll read. From then from hearing with taste, one begins to hear and chant. So there has to be a little taste, and we're going to, depending on how long you want to hear me, we'll try to get to the point of taste, which is called Ruchi. Ruchi begins in the very beginning. Everyone here in this room is here because they have some taste, mostly for Mitra Kirtan. They're coming, and they love the kirtan, and they're going to come back, and that's your taste. But he's tricking you, because he's hidden something in his kirtan. He's hidden Krishna in there. He's a little bit of a tricky fellow. So he's giving you your music, and we all love music, and he's, he's, he's lacing it. <laughs> with a little Krishna. And it's becoming sweeter and sweeter. And the more you come to Mitra Kirtan, the sweeter it's going to get. That's like an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and that addiction, when you're at the stage of addiction, that's Nista. Anista, 
Uh, should I go over to Mitchell's this afternoon or not? Yeah, there's a football game on. I don't know. <laughs> or there's, uh, you know, a beer fest or a wine fest or a concert. or So many things can be there. Or should I go to Mitrafest? <laughs> That's Anista. Easy to understand. I know that at Mitrafest, Krishna says right here, Srinvata Swakatha Krishna. If I go to Mitrafest, the heart's going to be cleansed. And if I go to the beer fest, I may only get a hangover. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. So at Bhadrani, there needs to be some cleansing. And that cleansing's coming if there's some unsteadiness. But we want to get to steadiness. We want to come to the platform where there's no question of going any place to, but to the Mitra Fest. Where we don't want, there's no question of doing anything except hearing Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Either I'm singing it or it's singing in my head. And the more I'm hearing this sound vibration, the more purified I'm becoming. So this purification. The next verse in this big book, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the hub around which all of our spiritual theology revolves. This is not just off-the-cuff spiritual practice here. There's a rhyme and a reason to everything that's going on. It's not that Mitra's just singing just these words. There's a reason he's teaching you just these words. There's a reason that we have this altar. And this is so well reasoned and so well thought out and so perfectly developed by the greatest of sages over eons of time under the direction of the Supreme Lord himself that there is no error. There is no fault. There's nothing that we can do under this good direction with a perfect master at the, at the helm of our ship. It's a very easy journey. It's a perfect path. It may take some time, but it's perfect. The next verse, Nasta Priyeshu Abhyeshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavachutama Sloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naisti Ki. A little different twist on the way Nista is pronounced here, but it's the same meaning. So, Nasta Priyeshu, and where's that? This word's coming up. Abhyeshu. Cleansing. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. This ver next verse in the Bhagavatam is talking about that same cleansing that came was mentioned in the last verse. In the last verse, what was said? By engaging in this Krishna Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smarnam Padasevanam. By engaging in this process, there's cleansing of the heart. Now, some additional instruction is given. 
nastate yeshu abi yeshu nityan bhagavata sevaya if you want to cleanse cleanse properly what's properly nityan bhagavata sevaya serve sevaya service serve let me serve you serve what bhagavata anybody know what bhagavata is two forms talked about in this verse one for form Srimad Bhagavatam, the book, the scripture, follow the right rules and regulations. Follow what has been given to us that's perfect, coming from the Supreme. Follow in your spiritual pursuit of perfect Satchitananda, follow this book, Srimad Bhagavatam. And in addition to the book, yes, the person, someone who is exemplifying what's in the book. We can see in his character, we can hear in his words, we can experience in his presence spiritual life. Perfect example of spiritual life. When you see that, then you serve. So you serve the book, Bhagavat, you serve the person, Bhagavat, and what happens? Eventually, you become the Bhagavad. Yes, exactly, you do. But at this stage, what happens? Nice to key. You become steady. From anista to nista. Add that ingredient. So that's what this verse is talking about. As the impediments to bhakti, to love of God, become generally destroyed by constant service to the devotees and Bhagavatam, the stage of Nista Bhakti to Bhagavan, who is praised by the greatest sages, becomes established. So these two verses from the Bhagavatam speak of coming from the stage from of unsteady spiritual practice to getting on the boat so that there's a, a sure ride and the waves the mental waves of anguish can be diminished you can ride above them with good guidance someone who has knowledge sitting at the helm of your boat let's talk about the waves it's there are certain stages of mental tribulation and conceptions that one goes through in pursuit of spiritual life, moving from trying to enjoy, trying to have your Ananda here on this plane, and trying to have your true spiritual, this true spiritual enjoyment, which is your right. The true spiritual enjoyment without the bubble gum sticking in the gears of your pleasure. 
Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in this book, Madhurya Kadambani, in the second cloud bank, he's basically giving you shelter from the scorching heat of material existence. Mm. What's that heat? Birth, death, old age, and disease. There's nothing anyone of us in our current situation can do about these things. It would be nice to pick out in advance where you're going to be born. Anybody here make that choice? <laughs> it would be nice not to experience death because we're eternal. No one really wants to go there. Old age? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <coughs> Disease? I don't see anybody lining up to uh, you know, be inoculated with uh, <laughs> the latest uh, malady uh, that's been conceived by mankind generally due to their okay we're not going to go into the environment, <laughs> environment right now <laughs> then we'll start talking about Monsanto and then I'll be here for you, days you don't want to hear me <laughs> alright so let's, let's, let's instead talk about Vishwanath he's on a different plane he's been there he's done that that's what the great sages that's what they have to offer us. They know how to wield the magic wand. They've been there, they've done that, and then having experienced what is true spiritual life and gone through everything that we, they know we're going to have to go through in order to get to that plane of perfect spiritual pleasure and selfless service. Right now, we don't realize the value of giving and not expecting anything in return. It's un unlimitedly valuable for us to live an existence that is simply one of giving, loving without expectation of return. Because that's the way the Supreme lives. We're given everything here, and he hasn't asked for anything in return. Nothing. It's not like a bill at the end of the day. And if you know how to live here perfectly without stepping on other people's toes, the karma's not even that bad. In fact, if you follow scriptural injunction, life is pretty good on this plane. No expectation of return. That's spiritual life. That's how the Supreme lives. As you study this Bhagavatam, this book Bhagavatam, you'll see every time Krishna arrives in the scene, he wants to give you something. He arrived on the scene with Dhruva. What can I give you? What do you want? Prahlad Maharaj, what is it that I can give, give to you? Go from story to story in this great book, and every time that the Supreme Lord arrives on the scene, he wants to give you everything. Whatever you want. As you read the book, Bhagavatam, at the end of every narration, unlimited benedictions are given. Anybody that reads this story, what happens? 
you're freed from all material miseries. Anybody that worships Govardhan Hill or hears this narration of the Supreme Lord acting like a child and lifting a hill to, com to protect those people in his little village. Just listen to this story and you'll never be attacked by serpents. I don't believe it. Believe it or not, that's what Bhagavatam says. We believe Bhagavatam, and I don't know of any devotees that have ever been attacked by a serpent. <laughs> Do we? There's so many benedictions there, and every time we come into Krishna's association, he's wanting to give benedictions. Anytime you come into the association of his devotees, they want to give you benedictions. It's all about giving benedictions, giving, giving something. Back to the waves. There are six mentalities, and we're going to touch upon these. And I touched upon them last time, and I was thinking that, under good guidance, I was thinking that this can't be looked at in a... It can't be just six bullet points in a presentation. We have to really enter into an understanding of these mentalities so they don't really give us a hard time in, in spiritual practice. Because when they give us a hard time, what do we have? Anista bhajana kriya. Anista chanting. We can't keep a tune. We don't fit in. Our mind wants to go somewhere else during our bhajan. It's like we're not there. You ever notice that? One of the musicians is like spacing out sometimes. Their mind is somewhere else, although their body's here with you. These things need, these mental stages of anista, unsteady spiritual practice, need to be looked at carefully by those that want to advance in spiritual life. So the first is called enthusiasm in prideful practice. First of all, you know sometimes it's the, it's, the, it's the end of the year and there's the New Year's Day coming and immediately there's some desire to make a, a positive change in your life. So uh, we go through it every year. We, we, take, we may take up a new practice. We may do something to try to, you know, to, to better our life. And one of the things is, is health and fitness. You know, in fact, I think it's one of the biggest selling, everybody wants to, wants to make some change in their, in their physique or their, their, their health, and they want to try to feel better uh, by doing that. And then the beginning, they're always enthusiastic. They go out, they buy all the books, they join the health club, they, uh, you know, they, they hang out with health-conscious health people, and uh, they may even watch the TV and see the infomercial for the biggest new health machine, and they, they, they buy that, spending all their hard-earned money. And they become very, they, they, they perform the activity to become healthy for some time, and after a short time, you know, they see them strutting down the street. You know, they're feeling good about themselves. You know, chiseled body, and, and they look at they look at 
the people that they were with just the other day, you know, just a couple months before going into the, you know, into the, the fast food restaurant, and they kind of sneer at them. <laughs> I know so much better because I'm on a healthy, I'm on the healthy path now. This also happens in spiritual life. When people first take up spiritual life, they have this initial enthusiasm. But that initial enthusiasm, once they realize what's really involved in letting Krishna clean your heart, there's some work involved. Once we realize that there's some work involved, that enthusiasm wanes a little bit. But in the beginning, just by taking the spiritual life, Vishwanath said, this is a mentality that some people take on. They take on this initial enthusiasm and they become very proud of their spirituality. Oh, now I'm a spiritualist. I know Bhagavad Gita. My friends don't know Bhagavad Gita. This is one stage and it's referred to as Utsaha Mayi. Utsaha. Utsaha. The same Utsaha enthusiasm in one of Rupa Goswami's other books, Upadeshamrita, is also spoken of. Nisaham Nisjayadaryat, Tatat Karma Pavartanat, Sangatwagat Satobrite, Sadbir Bhaktir Prasidyati. Enthusiasm, patience, confidence. Six items. First three are enthusiasm, patience, confidence, good sadhus around it. There is proper enthusiasm in spiritual life, and that's spoken of in the verse we were just discussing here. Utsahamnis jayadaryat, enthusiasm, patience, confidence. That's not the enthusiasm that Vishwanath's talking about here. He's talking about a false enthusiasm based on the fact that we're still influenced when we start our spiritual life by the modes of passion and ignorance. Now, the next verse after the one we, where we said where we become steady in spiritual life talks of the removal of Rajas and Thomas. So that you can see the Bhagavatam is giving the perfect sequence of spiritual advancement. And as long as our spiritual practice is still influenced by our material tendencies, predominated by the modes of passion and ignorance, these waves of spiritual discord are going to negatively influence our progress. So we need to be able to recognize them. There may not be a lot that we can do about that, them because we are so conditioned in material life. But at least by recognizing them, we can avoid certain pitfalls and we can be encouraged to know. We can be encouraged to have the knowledge that someone of true spiritual substance has recognized this mentality and pointed it out for my betterment. Knowledge itself is a powerful thing. I may not be able to correct myself, 
but at least I know where I stand. Spiritual life means knowing where you stand, not being an illusion. This is not true spiritual life is not for cheaters. This great book, Srimad Bhagavatam, the very second verse said, this, this knowledge, we kick out that mentality first thing. After the author pays his respects to the Supreme Lord and offers his Gayatri in praise, the very next thing he does is say, the instructions that I'm giving you now is not for a cheater's mentality. We can stand for anything, but if you want true spiritual life, you've got to throw that out. Just be honest. If you are experiencing utsaha mai, if you're feeling somewhat proud of your spiritual life, and you know you, only, you just really haven't done a lot of practice, you're feeling that initial enthusiasm, go with it. There's nothing to say not to use it to your advantage in your spiritual life. But recognize when it starts to wane, keep on pushing on. Keep on in your spiritual practice. Try to come to the platform of true enthusiasm that never wanes. So that's, that is truly the key to looking at these stages that Vishwanath is talking about, is seeing how you can use them by, by just recognizing them to advance your spiritual practice. And as I said in the beginning, Krishna, he's the one that's coming. We're not going to be able to make that determination except in one way, which I'll discuss at the end of the class. There is one secret to getting Krishna to pick, to entering in our heart and cleansing us a little more rapidly. There is one little secret. Come a little closer. <laughs> but... Krishna is going to cleanse as, 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 he's, as, he, as he likes. We're not going to be able to determine how quickly all these things are going to fall away, all these bad habits. They're referred to as anarthas. Anartha means things that we give value to that really don't have any value. And in material life, we give value to everything. Our, our simply taking an interest in something gives it value. Oh, this is my rug. Wow, see how nice, brand new rug. like this. So we, we there's some attachment. Now it has value. It's mine. Take it out of here and put it in your house. I have no interest in it any, anymore. But as long as it's sitting on my floor, it's valuable. That's, we, give, we give value to things in our life. Things that have no value, that have no life, that have no consciousness. We breathe life into them by giving them our consciousness. Gana Tarala. Thick and thin. 
practice is is hot and cold. Sometimes we're really into it, and sometimes it's a bit of a struggle. It's another mental mental stage that we go through. If it happens, if the mind vacillates, if sometimes you feel like going to kirtan or class, and then sometimes you don't, recognize it for what it is, but still go to kirtan or class. Win out. When, when the enthusiasm wanes, win out on the positive side. And when it's there, ride the wave of enthusiasm. Ride the wave of, of, of having some, you know, some, some thick desire to, to, to advance in spiritual life. But know that because of the influence of material nature's modes of passion and ignorance, which under whose control we've been for since time immemorial, we can't even trace it out, in so many species of life. We've been controlled by this energy, this external energy, which is foreign to our spiritual self. So these tendencies are there. And Vishwana is saying, these tendencies are going to manifest in your mind in these different states of mind. Initial enthusiasm and pride. Sometimes wanting to do spiritual life, sometimes not. Parading possibilities. We read the scriptures. And in the scriptures we hear, oh, I should renounce. If you renounce everything, your spiritual path is, is quick and fast. And then you read about somebody that renounced too quickly and fell down. And their spiritual life was, was, fell into oblivion. We read so many instructions in Scripture, and they seem we, we we all these different possibilities are opened up to us. Maybe I should enjoy material life. It says I should I should enjoy enjoy because if I renounce too early, it'll eventually hurt me when I when I as I try to advance. If I go to to the holy place and try to sit with the sages before I've, I've, I've actually exploited my material desires, the only thing that's going to be on my, on my mind is my, my life, my life with my husband, my life with my, with my wife, my job, my children, my grandparents. All in good time. So good guidance. Again, we need that, that good master at the helm of our ship to be able to navigate these waves. We need a spiritual master who's here and now and with us, whom we can call and we can write and we can say, I'm having a bad day. Can you help me out here? That's the bona fide spiritual master. He's there to help us out, to help us navigate what we should do for, in our spiritual life at this point in time, what's best. Otherwise, the mind is going to parade unlimited possibilities. Oh, I liked it at Mitra's and Mahara's temple, but I heard of the big temples in the big cities, and that's where it's really happening. Let me go there. Maybe that's better. Maybe I should stay here. All the time, the mind is going. Maybe I should stay out here, or maybe I should go to... France and cook for the deities instead of being out, what do you say, 
selling books at the National <laughs> Monument. Huh? Archida was explaining her mind was like that at one point. She was out there selling those books or buttons. Air, we had an airport. Yeah. And I would look at the, all the places, the, the flights we were into, and I would oh. think, oh, mm. I could go to Italy. I could go to France. I could go to Greece. I could There's temples at all these places. That's called parading possibilities. Sanskrit term is Vikalpa. Moving right along. The next one, well, this is mine. I own this one. This is called Visaya Sangara. Been, been, been here, done that. What a struggle. Battle with the senses. The modes of passion and ignorance want to continue. The mind wants to listen to what the mind has had success doing in the past. And the mind is going to tell you that your pleasure is in these senses. This body. That's, you can't blame it. I mean, it's been doing it, as I said, since time immemorial through unlimited bodies. You've incarnated and enjoyed, and, and, and the only enjoyment that you've known is by eating, sleeping, mating, and defending in different ways, in different forms, in different species, day in and day out, life in and life out, creation in and creation out. We'll give a class on creation someday to explain how the universe works. It's pretty well far out, but not today. Visaya Sangara, even though I've taken up spiritual life, the mind is still trying to drag me back. Come back here. This is where the happiness is. You know, it's not in the mirror, you know, Mitrafest today for me. So we struggle like that. These waves are there and they make they make our spiritual progress. They 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 put some real impediment there. The next one is broken vows. We always want to increase our spiritual life. Today I'm going to chant more rounds or I'm going to do more service. I'm going to read more. I'm going to be more attentive. At least I'm going to chant one round where I don't let my mind go anywhere else. And during that one chanting of mine of one round, I am going to know spiritual peace. Because I see these other devotees and they're there. There's a smile on their face and they're not where I'm at. So today, I'm going to chant that one good round. Or I'm going to increase and do just, I'm going to increase four rounds. I'm going to go up to 20 rounds today. Eight, 12 rounds, whatever. I'm going to increase somehow or other. There is a mental stage during your devotional practice where the mind is going to every day take you through this process. Today I'm going to increase, and then at the end of the day when you crawl in bed, you didn't do it. Breaking vows. Always tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. You're always a day away. I can do it then. <laughs> no, but there's a stage where we want to increase today because we know that it's good for our spiritual life. We should give up 
a little bit more. I give up a little bit of this. Give up a little bit of that. I won't, I won't overindulge. So that's spiritual life. We want to continually work on ourselves. We don't want to become stagnant. What happens when water's stagnant? Yeah. The mosquitoes come, become stinky. There's, I mean, it's just, ugh. It's not good. Don't let your spiritual life become stagnant. Go ahead, let the mind make the vows, but understand you'll probably break them. It's a stage. Eventually, you're going to come to Nista. We're talking about all these things that are where? They're in the unsteady practice of spiritual life. Beyond them is Nista. It's not that far away. Maybe a lifetime. Maybe sooner. I'll tell you how sooner in a minute. Frolicking is back these... Bhakti's pleasure waves. Frolicking. Frolicking. Playing. Having a good time. Spiritual life is like an ocean. It's so deep. And it's so, so pleasing. So there's a possibility that as you engage in spiritual life, your true spiritual nature begins to manifest on this plane. And people see it, and they're drawn to it. All of a sudden, they're like, wow, you know something I don't know. Can I ask you a question? They come forth. They want to do some service for you because you're actually becoming a saintly person. You're becoming purified. So you're having some, your spiritual self is, as I said, starting to manifest, and people are taking Notice of that. Your kirtan's becoming sweeter. Your lectures are being appreciated. Your service to the deities, the, the outfits you're making is, are being praised. We have to be careful with this last stage of anista bhajana kriya that we don't, we're not carried away by those waves of our own spiritual practices benefits. Profit, adoration, and distinction can wreak havoc to our moving past and into the stage of steady devotional practice. We have to be careful of it. It's going to come. Your true spiritual self, the more you engage in the process, is going to become manifest. And in becoming manifest, people are going to want to want to have your association on the spiritual because of that spirituality. And you just have to be careful to realize that you come to the you have to what you have to do in order to avoid it, you have to immediately jump to the platform of Nista, of steadiness. And how do you jump there? You follow Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's third verse. What is that? Tunadapi Sudhichena, Turorapi Sudhichena, Amanena Manidena, Kirtaniya Sadhari. You have to become humble. You have to become truly humble. I have to feel, I have to feel lower than anybody. More humble. Tolerant. 
I have to give up prideful, pride, all pride. It seems like a daunting task. And when we talk about these, you know, these stages of, of, of mental, the mentalities that we go through in it, as we truly take up spiritual life from our unsteady material position, still under the, under the, under the influence of, of uh, passion and ignorance, uh, we, ha- we have to gradually push, push through all these different mentalities, but recognize them. As I said, they may not go away overnight. It's not like you may just be able to recognize, oh, I'm prideful, oh, I'm taking praise for my spirituality when I really have none. <laughs> I mean, and that's why having knowledge of the process, having knowledge of all the stages of devotional practice is so very important. We have to have the proper conceptual orientation. If people are praising me for my spiritual service, we have to understand, and if I'm recognizing that as, as some, if I'm owning that, I guess that's what they say today, right? You have to own it. If I start to own that, I'm just putting off getting to the platform where I'm really enjoying spiritual life. I'm really serving selflessly. I've really got it. We're talking about Nista coming to the platform of steady practice. Listen to the, what comes after Nista, Ruchi. Everything in spiritual practice tastes good. It's all good. Of course, there's two stages of Ruchi, too. One is it's good when all the pieces come together according to the dictate of my mind. I, I appreciate all kirtan, but I really appreciate Kirtan, Mitra Kirtan. I go to this other Kirtan with the other drums, and there's no, no guitar, and I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. Now somebody else may say, "I don't like that Kirtan. I like this Kirtan." That's Ruchi. They both have a taste, but the taste is based on the circumstance in their mind that makes it what they want. You may come here and you may come to, to DeLaw's class and it's like, oh my gosh, this guy, is he ever going to stop? You know, come on, all this technical stuff. Gosh, give me a break. And you may go to someone else's class and it may be the sweetest thing in the world to you. What can I do? I'll still give it my class, but you may not have a taste. That's unsteady ruchi it's steady it's steady only based on your mental what's your mental mental perception of what is sweet and what isn't sweet and it really is sweet mitra kirtan is really sweet so is the other kirtan one person's class is sweet and the other person's who's laden with philosophy it's also sweet but only to the philosophically inclined so that's the beginning ruchi it's ruchi with the with still some hmm? conditions. Conditions. There'll come a stage where it doesn't matter who's leading the kirtan and what style it is. 
There'll come a stage where it doesn't matter who's giving the class. As long as it's about Krishna, I'm there. As long as I hear Hare Krishna and the Kirtan, I'm there and I'm enjoying it. So Nista, Nista, followed by Ruchi, everything becomes pleasurable in spiritual life. Followed by what? Asakti. I start to experience God in spiritual practice. His name, his form, his qualities. He starts to reveal himself to me. And as those revelations of his, his personal nature become prevalent in our spiritual life, we're overtaken by the next stage of good taste. Bhava. Spiritual ecstasy. Ending in prema. Unlimited love. When you recognize these ways of mental situations in your devotional life, push on through. If you can get to Nista, after that, it really gets interesting, this spiritual life. Then, Ruchi, Asakti, Bhava, Prema. Unimaginable for us to know our true spiritual self. That's what Krishna consciousness is all about. Getting there. Coming to that platform. And in the beginning, because we're coming from this material plane, there's going to be some trials and tribulations. We can't let them stand in the way of our objective, our goal. So I said before I end, I'd give you a little bit of a secret regarding getting through this stage of Anista Bhajana Kriya. What's Anista Bhajana Kriya? Anybody here with me? Anista? Unsteady. Bhajan? Song? Kirtan? Reading? Kriya, activity, activities with our senses. As we go through this Anista Bhajana Kriya, these stages of mental discord are going to be there. They're going to hamper us getting to Nista, where everything starts coming up roses, as they say. The key to pushing through these stages is good devotee association. You stay with a good association that enthuses your spiritual practice with people that you can see have gone through these stages and, are, and have the higher taste that you aspire for, that have the knowledge and the wisdom and the, the, the Shastra Yukta, the putting all the pieces of the of the scriptures together. You associate with those people as much as possible, even when your mind is in these distressful situations, and you'll quickly come to Nista. Thank you very much. Any questions? Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much.